0: Hello, my name is Nathan Lewis, and you're listening to the one-time-only premier event of me recording a podcast. I'm an undergraduate senior biology student at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. This podcast is being reported as part of my biology of birds project, Winging It. In this podcast, I'll be explaining birding and its potential impacts on ecosystems and communities. Birding is an extremely popular hobby around the world, or at least most places birds are present, and it's usually the most common type of wildlife watching. Data collected by the United States Fish and Wildlife Services during their 2016 National Survey shows that of those surveyed, 45 million people said they participate in and have a special interest in bird watching. And over 16 million of those individuals have traveled with the intent of wildlife observation. Tens of billions of dollars are spent every year in the pursuit of observing wildlife, with over 12 billion being spent solely on watching equipment, such as binoculars, cameras, and bird food. But what exactly is birding? By definition of the term, it is the observation of birds and their natural habitats as a hobby. Most people enjoy this hobby from the comfort of their home, using bird feeders, which usually distract pigeons, cardinals, or squirrels tempted by a free week's worth of food. backyard birding is left to the peasants in the eyes of those with an exceptional amount of free time and money. Why well, watch the same four mockingbirds fight each other every day when you could fly to Panama to see toucans in their natural habitat? When went ahead and priced out what that trip to Panama would cost after reading about its budget toucan birding experience found that the cheapest flight and hotel combo available would run just over $1,000 for two adults over three days. It's obviously before food, transportation around Panama, and everything else you would want in Panama. So, traveling birders fly out to the tropical locale, or Florida, and pay for a scenic tour led by a trained guide. The guides take tourists to sites known for exotic species and enforce policies to perfect the wildlife. Afterward, the funds collected are used to maintain the ecosystem and support local conservation efforts. This is, however, just an ideal scenario those who are passionate enough about birds can marvel at them safely and have a positive impact on their lives by supporting conservancies who protect them. Thankfully, most ecotourism conservancies work this way. However, as with everything else on this blue planet, people have found a way to exploit the system at the expense of wildlife. A proper birder or guide understands that the habitat of the birds should not be tampered with. The interactions between humans and wild animals should be kept at a minimum. Some people don't care about the repercussions of their actions and would much rather get their once-in-a-lifetime photo make sure that tourists leave happy and be respectful to a few birds. You get acquainted to trophy hunting, paying large sums of money to harm the natural balance. These bad birders find a location with lax loss on conservation or somewhere in enough economic trouble that the local inhabitants reasonably can't afford to pass on the opportunity and exploit the hell out of them. If there's an endangered species somewhere on a stretch of land with an airstrip, you can bet there's someone willing to pay money to mess with it. Once there, the actions of humans could endanger the health and safety of the birds in many ways. For more detail, I'll describe the article written by Jacob Cronenberg, a researcher from the University of Lodz in Poland, who focuses on ecological economics, social ecological systems, and sustainable development, who published an article in 2014 regarding the impacts of birdwatching. In this article, he addresses the obsessive nature that some birdwatchers exhibit, the lengths they go to to spot rare species, and how they affect populations. He separates the effects into two groups, direct and indirect impacts. Direct impacts would be the result of purposeful interactions, while indirect is something that occurs without the intent to do so. I'll provide examples. For a direct impact, birders' presence around birds' nesting sites or breeding grounds, especially if they get up close, or flushing birds out of hiding to provide a better view or camera angle can cause a great deal of stress to the animal. The birds may be less willing to move around their habitat to eat or find mates out of fear of humans, and predators may take advantage of these situations as well, thereby putting the birds at greater risk. Indirect impacts can be caused by tourists or trackers creating paths towards bird habitats, which may then be used by others who are not as careful, potentially disrupting the behavior of the previously isolated birds. Popularizing a destination as environmentally friendly or sustainable could draw more tourists to the location but may have the indirect impact of causing crowding and bringing individuals who are less careful during their trips. The local indigenous people may also denounce the existence of conservancies or animal sanctuaries if they become cut off from part of their home, if tourists treat the land or people poorly, or if there is an economic divide created because those who can work in these conservancies make a lot more money than those who cannot, thus it becomes kind of an economic staple in their area. The improper techniques of birding are often a result of a lack of educational resources on safer methods. And as I said, before, they usually occur in poorer countries where money is scarce and the locals will do whatever they can because they have to feed their families. Thankfully, efforts to educate communities, such as the work discussed in Audubon's Birds Means Business article, have allowed people that previously had little knowledge about the environment around them to learn and create sustainable economic opportunities. Audubon's efforts have focused on areas shared by important bird and biodiversity areas, or IBAs as they call them, and communities living in poverty to bolster the potential for tourism, thereby increasing the standard of living for the locals and increasing the odds of survival for many endangered species. Local guides are trained by professionals for a few years, and resources donated to the cause are used to create infrastructure necessary to support an ecotourist destination. Through their work, almost 300 guides have been trained to a basic level, and 72 have reached advanced proficiency throughout South America and the Caribbean as of 2017. This kind of training, if done correctly, can improve the lives of thousands of individuals and help bring them closer to the world around them. So while birding could have its problems, it's important to keep in mind all of the real positive benefits it does have. So if you do decide to travel for birding, make sure you do your research first. Maybe check out that two camp place. Maybe it's better than I think it is. But that's all for me. See ya!